This isn't about checking a list or checking it twice. It's about crossing one specific item off of that list and emphatically so. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Hope everybody had a terrific holiday weekend. The Steelers will have no bonus time off or anything. It just so happens that they were able to give the players yesterday a light day over at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side. No media access. It was one of those days where you go in and you look at the film and heck, even that had to make for light fare considering the crap that they'd been watching before this week. But today brings the Mike Tomlin press conference. Tomorrow brings the first practice and then it's off to Seattle this weekend to face the Seahawks. And yet for all the baggage they've been dragging around here for seemingly a month now, they won't have to pack up this notion that they don't care or that they're not fully invested. My friends, that football team that you saw beating up on the Bengals was all the way in. And I've had some of my own suspicions and doubts, uh, some of those confirmed from the inside at times. So I was wondering myself to what extent you could look at those back-to-back losses to the two and ten opponents. And then what I thought was the ugliest of all three of those losses in a row, the one out in Indianapolis where the Colts just out-everythinged them. And I could wonder the very same stuff. I could wonder, has this team tuned out Mike Tomlin? Have they given up on each other? Have they lost all sense of uh, priority or team-first type of competitiveness? And that goes double when you hear the head coach himself stating out loud, as Tomlin did in Indy, that he didn't know what went into that mindset that he didn't know what went into that approach said it out loud used those words said i don't know well whatever it was and whatever happened to occur behind the scenes away from everybody including reporters something from the intangible aspect got straightened out something maybe a lot of things Because when you see both the offensive and the defensive side of the football balling out the way these guys did against the Bengals, I'm not just referring, believe me on this, to the points produced, to the yards produced, to the damage done to Jake Browning and whatever else. I'm referring to just effort, just passion, just heart. I don't believe that we should move past that game against the Bengals and say, yay, Mason Rudolph did it, and ignore everything else. Because the truth is, everything else had become the story, including the head coach. 
So credit where due. It wasn't just a handful of guys that we were looking at afterward and saying, hey, these guys played hard. Everybody else was out to lunch. No, you could go one through 53 and like almost everything that you'd seen from this standpoint. I can't stress this strongly enough. It's not just about the statistics. It's about everything that went into it. And you'll notice I haven't even brought up George Pickens because I don't feel like I have to. Now, all that said, there can be a chicken and egg tale within this story. And I'm not going to rule that out either. One of the things that I had a couple of former players, former Steelers, tell me after covering this game over the weekend was that they felt that Rudolph's quarterbacking came first, meaning that Rudolph made the offense go, brought everyone confidence, made them feel as if they can contribute what they believe they can contribute, and that they in turn became more a part of the combined effort. Does that make sense? It sure did to them. And after they laid it out a little bit for me, it made sense to me as well. Where they looked and said, you know what? If we just do what we're supposed to do, whether I'm a right guard or the number one wide receiver or the backup running back or whatever, if we just do what we're supposed to do, that guy's going to complete the plays that are supposed to be completed. It's, it's like a sense of... Uh, Positive reward, you know, it's like giving the dog a bone after they do the thing with the Frisbee and bring it back to you, you know? And before you know it, the, the stack of bones is high as that one that Snoopy used to look at gazing down from the top of his doghouse. That's, that's fuel for the fire. So I could see that. I could see where the quarterbacking would have been the engine here. You want to know one thing that really stood out for me? After the game, it was the number of defensive players who spoke glowingly about the quarterback, but also the offense as a whole. Now, they didn't insult anybody beforehand either. That's not how football works. But to hear them say, man, that really made a difference. You know, we're so happy for Mason, but we're also so happy that they put up a bunch of points. Several players talked about what a difference it was playing defensively while having any kind of lead. The Steelers haven't had a lead, it feels like, in years. Not like that. But look, one way or another, it happened. And it was real. And that component of it, I would hope, would be reassuring to people as they look ahead to these final two games in Seattle and Baltimore. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Kevin, who says, Now the real challenge 
is can Mason Rudolph overcome his greatest opponent, that being the film of this outstanding performance? Because what you're capable of is now out there. And defenses are going to scrutinize every minute of this performance, and they're going to be planning against his strengths. Can he overcome this consistently and constantly? And will he even get the chance to find out? Kevin, one subject I'm not going to bring up on this morning's show is whether or not Rudolph is going to play in Seattle. It's so insane to me that anybody would be entertaining that he won't. He'll absolutely be the quarterback against the Seahawks. And I will be beyond stunned if we hear anything differently from Tomlin at his press conference today at noon. As for scouting him, I'm going to at least partially disagree with what you're putting forth there. If only because, I mean, this guy's not new. He's been in the league for a number of years. Everybody's got a book on everybody. It's not just who you're playing the following week. The head coach, the coordinators, and especially, believe it or not, the positional assistants will break down in excruciating detail over a given week, whoever they're facing that weekend. But it won't be completely from scratch. All NFL teams have scouts. When you hear about scouts in football, you're almost always thinking about the draft and pro days and stuff like that. They have scouts to study the other 31 rosters in the league and their practice squads. They need to keep a complete book on every single individual capable of participating in the NFL at a given time. That's not unique to this sport. That happens in all of them. And if you think I'm stretching this, just picture being a GM and making a practice squad claim from another team. And then you'll see what I mean. You have to know everything that that individual has done, even in preseason games, whatever. So no, Mason's not new. And if there are any tendencies of his that looked new in the game against the Bengals, my counter to you would be that they were just that he's gotten better at certain things that used to be shortcomings. So let's just take, for example, you're sitting there in the Seattle prep room there and Pete Carroll's in there and his staff and they're looking at the film and they say, I've never once in my life seen Rudolph stand in a pocket like that. Look at his feet. Look at his feet. He's barely budging. He doesn't care how many people Cincinnati sent to Trey Hendrickson. One thing the Bengals have is a defensive line, especially the edges who are going to come after you. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. What do you do with that information if you're the Seahawks? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing you can do. It just shows that Rudolph got better at something. Not that there's some secret, not that there's some angle that was exploited by Rudolph or the Steelers' offense. Now, if anything, you could look at the Cincinnati schemes and say, hey, whatever we're going to do this week, meaning we, the Seahawks, we're not going to let that 14 get behind us. We're not going to let him get behind us on a quick three-yard slant, and we're not going to let him get behind us on a 44-yard bomb. But if that happens, and Rudolph has all those big passing yards taken off of his list, if you're the Steelers and you're smart, you just start counting safeties. 
And you say, really? They're going to put that many people back? They're going to go Tampa too? They're going to stay a mile away from us? Guess what we're going to do? Right. We're either going to run the ball or we're going to do the one thing that we didn't do Saturday against Cincinnati, and that's throw the ball to Pat Fryermuth. So I'm not seeing what would have been specific to Rudolph that you'd say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to pick up on this and we're going to really go after it. He's, he's not a rookie to say the least. Sixth year in the league. And these teams watch everything. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow. 